Hey guys, and welcome to the newest episode of Be Hero Presents, the Bump Card Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, as always, Brian, and with me tonight is my tag partner, Psycho. How are you doing tonight, Psycho? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good stance. Doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not falling over yet, so that's always a good sign. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Uh, if you guys want to have a, a fun time listening to our episode last week, uh, towards the end, Psycho almost falling out of his chair, or go onto our social medias at Be Hero Media on pretty much everything uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you'll see a great video of Psycho almost falling over. <laughs> I I mentioned this to you before, but it <sighs> it felt a lot worse than it looked. Like, it. <laughs> It felt like I was uh, Hans Gruber in Die Hard falling from from the skyscraper. Yeah, that's what it felt like to me. It totally didn't look like that. It looked hilarious, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that being said, uh, so last week we mentioned that this week we were going to do our new uh, bi-yearly state of wrestling, essentially. So we're gonna we we're going to be talking about where wrestling is right now at about the six month mark. And then we're going to do it again at the end of the year to see how close our predictions were, what are so on and so forth going into the following year. And we're still planning on doing that, but psycho and I, we were watching money in the bank together and that was a hell of a show. Honestly, that was probably one of the best pay-per-views that has had in a long, long time um, from a to B. Like there was really not a bad match on the card. And we decided that we are doing a disservice not only to ourselves, but to you guys for not reviewing every great wrestling promotion going on at the time for their big shows. Uh, and I apologize if you guys can hear that in the background. Uh, there are fireworks going off because it's January or July 3rd, it's the day before fire, or for the 4th of July. So, uh, And this is dropped for you guys on the 4th, so, or actually on the 5th, excuse me. Uh, so it's a good time. It's all that time of the year. That all being said, though, we are going to go ahead and review Money in the Bank uh, for this year, uh, just because of how good the show was. But we are still doing our State of Wrestling episode, which will be now next week. Uh, it, it, it's going to be a very good episode. It also gives actually time for us to talk about this show, because this show kind of does kick off. Where do they go from here? This, this feels like the end of a storyline for a certain one, or the tail end of the to a storyline, a bookend, if you would, to a storyline. And it, it's almost perfect timing for us to do our uh, our state of wrestling episode. So, but let's go ahead and talk about Money in the Bank and what a really good show it was. So uh, the first match they actually started with the men's Money in the Bank match. It was uh, L.A. Knight versus Logan Paul versus Ricochet versus Shinsuke Nakamura versus Butch versus Damian Priest and versus Santos Escobar. And uh, I can't tell you about the beginning of this match because I was a little late <laughs> joining it. Um, so... You only missed like five minutes of that. <laughs> what did I miss in the beginning? Honestly, there's not a whole lot you missed. Um, like I said, you only missed maybe five minutes. Uh, they started off by all attacking uh, Logan Paul, which was good. 
uh, he got up there and did that cocky heel thing where he's, you know, up front talking about who's going to be the, uh, like the the top guy and everyone in the ring just destroys him for a hot minute and throws him out. Okay. They, they do that and then they kind of split off and then uh, it, was, it wasn't too long after that you came up that you got over to the house. So. Okay. So this, for what I, what I saw of it and I saw most of it, but uh, I thought it was a well done Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, there were some good spots, like the there was a um, and some scary spots actually. But <laughs> <laughs> there was a spot uh, where I can't remember who it was on the ladder when uh, Ricochet did a four fifty onto the ladder. Who who was that on the ladder? Um, one was, was Butch, it? and I can't remember who the other one was. Okay, I want to say it was uh, Santos Escobar, but I could be wrong. Okay, but yeah, they were on the ladder. He does a 450. Um, and, and springboard 450. Yes, yeah, springboard 450. And that was an awesome spot. You had... Um, and to clarify, they weren't on the ladder directly. They did that... Um, like a bridge with it, right? They did the bridge across the ladder in the middle of the ring and the rope, and the two of them are laying on top of the bridging ladder. And then the springboard for fifty. Um, right. uh, before we go too far into this, yeah. honestly, guys, you guys should watch this show if you're a fan of wrestling um, at all. There's something in this show for you. So watch the show and then totally come back and listen to this. Yeah, and as always, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna detail everything that happened in it, but because uh, I mean, you should go watch it yourselves, like like Brian says there, but. Uh, there was a really scary spot um, where uh, uh, Logan Paul and Ricochet were like like fighting on like the ropes on the outside. And I guess it was supposed to be like a Spanish fly like that Ricochet was going to do to Logan Paul, like through the tables. But they didn't rotate quite this the way that you would you would go to take that. And it looked really scary because it looked like Logan Paul's head like went head first into the tables. Uh, he rotated a little bit, I, um, but it looked really scary at first. Yeah, so what it was, based off of the way it looked to me, is the, the spot they had going into it is they had, uh, I think it was Damian Priest, pushing the ladder over mm. um, while both Logan Paul and Rick Share going up the ladder. And my guess is they were supposed to step onto the, t- the top rope as it looked like they were trying to do together and then Spanish light into a set of uh, tables that were set up on the outside. It's exactly the way it looked like it was supposed to happen. But one or both of them missed the rope. And so they were trying to gimmick it the best they can, trying to make it make sense and da da da. And because Logan Paul didn't really have a great uh, base on the rope. Because he's kind of between, he he was dangling over the top rope and then feet on both middle or on the middle rope for both feet, but it was weird. When they went over, Logan Paul crashed hard, and uh, subsequently Ricochet, who was trying to take him over with him, also was crashing hard, and he barely made it over too without landing on his head. Because he's backflipping, where Logan Paul is just doing a front flip on the Spanish fly. It it was scary <laughs> to watch. <laughs> It, so. it really was. Um, there was a lot of good performances in this match, though. Uh, I personally thought uh, Shinsuke Nakamura 
was looking motivated like he hasn't been in in I don't know how long. And mm-hmm. so he was looking good there. Um he fit perfectly into this match. Uh and then you had uh somebody like LA Knight uh who's uh who was very popular uh there especially in London. And uh he was somebody that I thought could possibly win it and get the push. Um it it actually came down uh, um where uh Damian Priest um so I guess es- Escobar and Nakamura were um taken out by LA Knight and LA Knight was climbing to the top, but Damian Priest came and, and dropped him with a uh his broken arrow move off the ladder and he actually won or grabbed the briefcase. Yep. And uh it was uh I'm not the biggest Damian Priest fan. Uh I, I know you aren't either. Um but it made it makes sense that he would win it, uh just because I can definitely tell that they are very high on him uh as somebody mm-hmm. that could be a top guy. And I do have to say that he's he's kind of growing on me a little bit just because he had the really good match with like um Bad Bunny um in Puerto Rico. And there's been some other things where it's like, okay, this guy can have a good match here and there. You know, he's not he he tries hard. Um I don't know. I I, I don't hate it, but it wasn't my favorite choice to win. But I I mean it's 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 not a bad choice. That's kind of my thought on that. Yeah, I'm kind of the same boat. Uh, I was, well, as a fan, I was hoping it was Ricochet was going to win. But as a, a, a sensible no fan, chance. as a sensible fan, I thought I, I was hoping it was going to be LA Knight. But seeing the available storylines to go from that match, which is what you have to do with Money in the Bank, it's kind of like the Royal Rumble. You have to see what the best possible storyline is going from there. Damian Priest is the best storyline. One, he's an established faction that is already having a bit of trouble um, with each other, uh, especially uh, Finn and Damian. You know Finn's having a title match later. So this is exactly the kind of story that you want to have in this. And so I, it, it was kind of obvious who was going to win it for me. But uh, I think it worked out well because there was that hot minute just beforehand where LA Knight looked like he was going to win. And they'd be stupid not to have LA Knight win the title of some variety. Uh, he could easily take on uh, like Austin Theory and get the US title uh, and it make it make sense because he is hot. Like They need to hit him hot right now while the iron's hot because he has gotten himself over. Yeah. Um, I I didn't think it was that like like predictable for who was going to win like i i actually thought there were a couple of guys here that that could potentially win it um but uh yeah did did you have any other final thoughts on this match before we move on no it was a very good men's ladder match but it was very by the numbers that makes sense Mm. for the money in the bank match like there were some nice spots, but there was no nothing to talk home about. Um, there wasn't. They were trying to build storylines going into this show for the Money in the Bank, 
and they didn't really pay any off. Uh, like there was a story between Shinsuke and Ricochet going into this, and then they really didn't do anything in the match. Um, Jake Paul or Jake Paul, Logan Paul was the only story at all that was involved, and it's only because like all these guys had to fight for a spot. He was given a spot. They were pissed. They attacked him. Outside of that, there was there was no other story in the match except for trying to get the the belt. But there I, was opportunity. I do think that it was a good group of guys that were in this match. I thought they meshed really well together. Oh yeah. Um. So but that, that would be the the way to elevate this match. Like, don't get me wrong, the match yeah. is very good, but it was by the numbers. To elevate a match like that, you need to have right. story or stories to go into it. You could have had a number of different stories, which we see later in the women's match. They actually elevate that because of the stories that are involved. Right. And we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, Speaking of the women, we've got the women's tag team title match up next, uh, which you've got Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler defending against Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. Uh And I actually really enjoyed most of this match. I thought they, I thought Ronda looked the best she's had, you know, looked in like months, if not maybe a year. Uh, I thought she looked really good. I thought it was actually a pretty good tag match. Um, I'm not, I'm not completely sold on uh, Raquel. Uh, mm. I, to me, to me, she's kind of a generic, you know, how do I say this? Um, she's kind of the generic, like, like muscular woman. And, and so, uh, to me, there's not, I don't see more to her yet. That doesn't mean that with the right story or with the right character development that she can't get there for me. Um, but uh, I, I did. I did like the match for what it was. Uh, the uh, the only thing I didn't like was the not necessarily I didn't like it, but it was a little weird and off putting was the finish of the match. But I'm trying to see if there was uh, anything during the match that maybe um, I mean, it was. I mean, nothing really stood out to me during the match other than it was a good tag match and they both, you know, both teams looked good. But the finish was kind of strange. Yeah. So out of like nowhere, and they weren't even in like in trouble or there wasn't, they didn't telegraph it at all. But we had Shayna Baszler just attack Ronda Rousey, uh, like seemingly for no good reason, uh, and, and choke her out. And, uh, and then she left, and Raquel powerbombed Ronda um, to finish the match and, and, and give them the titles. I don't really know what happened here, and I'm sure they'll explain it. Uh, they have. Okay, they, they've explained it tonight. I'm yes. always, I don't watch the weekly shows for you guys that, that uh, are new, that, that, don't know, <laughs> that don't listen um, frequently. I don't watch the weekly shows that often. Um, but but Brian keeps up with that. Oh. Would, I, uh, would you believe if I told you they're also trying to sell Shayna Baszler as a face? Wait, they're trying to sell her as the face and Ronda's still the heel? Okay, that's backwards to me. 
And I'm now I don't get me wrong, I think Rhonda is a better heel than she is a babyface. Agreed. But the way this looked at the at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view or whatever, premium live event, uh I don't know how you switch that. So I don't know how they've done it or what they're trying to push. Maybe her story was something that made sense. Uh yeah, actually. Okay. Um so before we jump into that, and I'll bring it up to you anyone or bring it up to you so you can we could talk about it. Right. But uh I did enjoy this match. Uh the best story about this match going into it is Liv had just come back from having uh so so not shoulder and pec surgery, right? Or shoulder and pec injury, excuse me, not surgery. Um, which is why they had to drop the titles initially, which then uh Ronda and Shayna won. And the first thing right off the bat that they go do, Shayna goes and attacks the shoulder and they work the shoulder. And that's the the biggest thing. All the sympathy, all the heat you get for almost the whole of the match is Liv having her shoulder attacked and Liv selling the shoulder the whole time. It's a great story for the match. I was super behind the whole story. I agree with you that uh, I think Raquel is very one-dimensional at the moment. I think she has opportunities to become more, but she's young relative to the business. Uh, so I think that there's plenty of time for her to, to add more character to her and figure all that out. I think putting her in an attack with Liv is the right idea because Liv is someone who has had to essentially do the same thing. She was a one-dimensional character who has built on that. But I think that's the right path to go down. I, as we talked about on uh, Saturday, I was also very eh about the finish because it didn't make any sense. Um, you had... Uh, Shayna, who was on top, and Ron is howling for attack. She goes and get, or, or sorry, she gets pushed out, pushed over to the corner. Shayna does. Ron attacks herself in, and then uh, does her little like uh, reloading the gun, little spot she does with her arms, and uh, then Shayna attacks her from behind. It didn't make sense at the time, outside of the tagging herself in, but uh, they start off pretty good uh, on a promo on Monday uh, for Raw. Rhonda comes out, goes to start talking or cutting a promo. She gets about two words in. and she, Which, by the way, if you watch Raw, that is literally the theme of the night. Um, you go and watch, or she goes about two words in and Shayna's new music hits and she uh, comes out and says, I can speak I think I can speak for everybody else here, but nobody wants to hear you on a mic. And, like, straight up con shots. And Shayna goes and cuts this promo when Rhonda's asking why. She's like, why? Because if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't be here. I had to struggle. I had to go and work in front of 30, or 30 fans uh, on the indies. I had to go and pay my dues by setting up the ring by traveling, by, you know, doing all this stuff to get here, to strive, to kick the door in, to be a, a woman like me, to get into this place. And you strove in a WrestleMania and stuff like that. Like, she cuts this great, like, promo of fighting between being an indie and uh, a 
just a random person that wants to do this, right? A hobbyist and stuff. And I don't know if it was intended to be a heel promo, but it totally came off sympathetic as a face promo. And the fans bit into it 100%. They were like 100% behind Shanna with it. And I mean, I was behind Shanna too. Like she cut a very passionate, good promo uh, for it. So we'll see how it goes. Okay. Okay. I know. Um, so the story makes sense. I just wish like it didn't come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like I wish it would have been, this is one of those times where it would have been good to telegraph it a little bit or um, not even like, like give it away where it's less shock value, but just make it make sense. Like why now? Like, mm-hmm. cause all of those points that you just mentioned uh, for Shayna's promo there, all of those were true a month ago, you know, two months ago. What, what was the catalyst, right? That took you from, you know, from getting along to, oh yeah, you know, I, I got you here. So like that part doesn't make sense. Cause you don't usually, you know, flip that switch like that. Uh, I agree. Which they don't really acknowledge in the promo of why now mm-hmm. um, about it. I'm hoping that either they do a, a better video package going into the obvious batch of these two are going to have or something to explain it better. Because um, they might do is like, you see every once in a while in the WWE where they do something that they think is subtle, but no mm-hmm. fan picks it up at all, ever. Right. And then they go back and be like, oh, I missed that. Oh, I missed that because it was too subtle. Right. right. And that's probably what it's going to be. I hope so. I, I do know. So what I heard behind the scenes. So um, I heard that they did this turn because I guess Rhonda has given them like a hard out of when she's leaving again. Mm-hmm. And and so she wanted to uh, she wants to, you know, to wrestle Shayna. And and so they they had to drop the titles because this was the last possible time they could do it before you know she's leaving and so they had to get this in so they had to rush it a little bit um and i think her being ronda getting injured kind of stalled it too because they would have had more time to build it up but yeah but uh she got injured and so this was the only thing they could do um so if all of that is true i i get it I don't I wish Rhonda would have been like okay um you know I was injured so let's let's do the proper build here um cuz otherwise it, it really what it really does is it makes the women's tag titles kind of it diminishes their them a little bit it doesn't make them seem important when they're playing hot potato like this and and they don't actually win the belts cuz they they win because the partners attacked each other yeah. or, or whatnot. I the way I would have booked it, if that's what they were going for, uh I would have had Liv and and Raquel, I would have had them win clean and then have Shane turn on Rhonda after the match, because that would have made more sense. Cause it's like, yeah. oh, you lost, especially if Rhonda was the one that's pinned. And if she's leaving anyway, why not put over, you know, and and if and if the tag team is imploding, there's no reason why they couldn't have put over Liv and Raquel to make them stronger champions. 
There is one small reason. Okay. So when Liv and Raquel won the titles the first time around, they won it off of Becky and Trish. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly the way it happened when they won it the first time. They won it the first time clean. Becky and Trish uh, imploded because Becky turned on her. You would literally be doing the exact same storyline. Not that you're not really not doing this, kind of the same storyline here anyways, but that's the only caveat. And I, mind you, I agree with you. I think that they could have done something else. They could have even done it on Raw following, right? Like, they could have done it tonight. There's there's nothing that stopped them from doing it tonight. Right. Of having them both come out and talk about uh, how, like, because like, they could have done a promo, something to the effect of, you know, I, I did WrestleMania, I did this, I did that, I did this. Uh, I am so awesome as Ronda Rousey and then Shannon Baylor's like, shut the hell up and then like knock her out and then choke her out and then cut her promo about how I've been here, I'm cutting my dues, da 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 and that, that way. That would have been a thousand times better. Yeah. They didn't need to do it on the pay-per-view. People are already watching, right? So if they had just had them lose the titles mm-hmm. and then they come out on Raw and then they pull that angle off, it makes Raw mean more. People are like more likely to tune in um and see where this is going um i like that actually a lot better i i'm telling you wwe if you're listening um i i, I will work cheap okay <laughs> only i only I, I would only want like uh you know a couple hundred thousand we're, okay. we're independent wrestlers we work for hot dogs and handshakes bro <laughs> i don't know maybe you'd no. <laughs> i'm still holding out <laughs> um so all right let's move on um there i think we've talked about that to death Um, somehow we talked about that almost twice as long as we talked about the men's money in the bank match yeah it had more to talk about that's true like literally like there's not a lot more you could have said for the money in the bank man (laughs) um so the next match is the intercontinental title match it's Gunther versus Matt Riddle. I know you're not the biggest Matt Riddle fan. Um, I actually, I actually do think he's a good worker. Um, and I actually really enjoyed this match for what it was. It was hard hitting. Um, Gunther looked strong with another, another solid title defense. They beat the crap out of each other. Yep. Um, which is pretty much par for the course for a Gunther match. Like, if you get in the ring with Gunther, it's going to be hard-hitting. And you're either going to hit Gunther back hard, or you're going to take a beating. Um, you're going to take a beating regardless. So <laughs> you might as well make it competitive. Um, this match was, was... I thought it was really good. Maybe, you know, maybe it's been done better or whatnot, but I, I thought for what it was, it, it was really solid. Uh, Gunther Gunther wins, of course. The, the it wasn't really in doubt that you know nobody expected Riddle to win this. I don't think. Um, no. But uh, Gunther, uh, he he basically he beat on Riddle's ankle, and then finished with a heel hook, um, and then uh, did did uh, Riddle tap out or did he pass out? I forget. I believe he tapped out. Okay. Yeah, I think I think it was a tap out. Um and so 
the big thing I want to talk about in this match actually is what happened after the match. Cause we had we had Drew McIntyre make his return. Yeah. Uh which was a big deal because there were rumors for months now since yeah, I mean he hasn't had a match since WrestleMania. And there were rumors that he was unhappy, that he was going to be leaving. Um and that uh, you know, maybe he was going to you know, his contract was going to be up and where he would be able to to go be at the Wembley uh, Stadium or the Wembley Arena show for AEW. Uh, and so it was it was actually a pretty big surprise that he appeared here and made his return uh, and got into it with Gunther. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, McIntyre returning here uh, was was a pretty good surprise. There's a there's bigger surprises later on in the show, I think. But um, yeah, I think it makes me wonder because if if McIntyre is is back on television, that probably means he he resigned, that that he renewed his contract. Um, and if that's the case, it makes me wonder if he's going going to beat Gunther for the Intercontinental Title. Or if Gunther's still going to go on, you know, keep his reign going, uh, it does add a little bit of intrigue. Um, so that's obviously a big SummerSlam match that we'll probably get, yeah, one on one, which will be a great match. Um, but what are what are your thoughts on this match in the aftermath? After I'll start with uh, you mentioned, I'm not a big Riddle fan. Um, he is the epitome of Zero the Hero. Uh, as in, like, he can take a beating and then he gets up and acts like nothing happened. Uh, I don't, a lot of people like him and I just don't see what his appeal is for me. All that being said, this is the perfect kind of match for Riddle. It is that hard-hitting match. It is that match to be just throwing potatoes and uh, just taking them to and just, you know, beating the crap out of each other. Uh, this was that kind of match. And for Gunther, like in, like you said, there was no stakes for me in this match because there was no way that Riddle was going to beat Gunther in my head. It is intriguing, though, that he beats Riddle, who is an MMA, you know, and he's a, a mat specialist kind of guy. It, he beats him with a tap out. So it, it kind of removes more of the shine off of Riddle doesn't help Riddle at all. Then coming around with uh, Drew McIntyre, I'm excited for it because going into SummerSlam, you need to be able to have somebody to go up against Gunther that will actually make it seem like his title's at risk and make it seem like there is actually a doubt that, that Gunther will win. I still think Gunther will retain it, but McIntyre could easily walk out with it too. And kind of a, you know, sorry, we've kind of crapped on you the last two years, almost three years now since, you know, you reigned over all of COVID time. So uh, here's our little, you know, love back to you with an IC title. I could see that, but I, I still think Gunther would go over on that. That being said, you know, McIntyre got a huge pop. People love him. I like him. I mean, I wonder why he got a huge pop. I don't know. 
you know, yeah, right. he's, you know obviously he was going to get a big pop there but uh yeah it'll it'll be interesting to see on that i do have to say though you you mentioned that you think riddle goes zero to hero i think he sold really well in this match though. and it's he does it he did in this one pretty well but there are so many times i watch matches with him where and i, I think it's more about he sells because he feels it essentially mm-hmm. like you're going to sell right. against Gunther. <laughs> it's going to happen. This is true. Uh, um, but you know, sometimes you'll see matches where he's working guys. Like, uh, I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Uh, when he worked Kaiser not too long ago, right? Uh, another Imperial guy, or Imperium guy. And literally, he, he goes and gets beat around for a minute and then gets up like it was nothing. So, um, and and goes and runs through his comeback, and that was it. Yeah, um, I'm not I'm not huge on Riddle. I I think he's perfectly acceptable. I I like him a little bit. You know, he he's you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know spend thirty minutes praising and arguing with you, like CM Punk. You know, but but uh, yeah, um. Moving on to the next match, we've got uh, Cody Rhodes versus Dominic Mysterio. And there was actually, it's funny because I was telling you, <laughs> I didn't fall off my chair, okay? I just, I just dropped my phone, okay? <laughs> because you never know what's going to fall around here, okay? Uh, um, but... Uh, I actually, uh, before this Cody Rhodes match, I had heard a rumor that it was possibly going to main event Money in the Bank, and I thought, that's crazy. Maybe that means Brock's returning. Um, Nope, they saved that for Monday. Did he return on Monday? Right at the beginning. See, Okay, so I knew he was going to be in London, so they just saved it. Okay. I was in Baltimore. Are they really in Baltimore? That's crazy because I know that they they talked about uh, or Triple H talked about in the press conference after the show that they were going to have another London show like on Sunday. So how did they get back so fast or did some of them stay and some of them not? It's called a plane. Right, but it's still across (laughs) the it's still like uh, to the other side of the the world, basically. Right. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, well, I think it's uh, only Baltimore. I think it's only eight hours. Maybe okay, even less than that. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, still some serious that jet lag, but uh, oh yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So um, this match though, Cody and and Dominic, I'm I'm actually very high on Dominic Mysterio. Um, I didn't used to be. I think he's the most improved wrestler um of the last year and he's he's got so much nuclear heat that that i believe he he deserves a title of some type maybe not the world title maybe not you know one of those top titles but uh if gunther wasn't the intercontinental champion i could definitely see him winning that or or maybe even a u.s title i don't know i don't even know if is a u.s title still a thing I think. Yes. Okay. I don't know. Um, Austin Theory. Oh, that's right. That's right. 
uh you know and uh he's got a title didn't even make the show got it um <laughs> i i mean i can't fault you with that um but this match was okay um I actually was a little underwhelmed by this match a little bit. I I thought my expectations for it were higher on it. It was it was just an okay match. Uh Cody ends up winning. Um he hits the Cody cutter and then the crossroads um finishes. Um it was I don't know, it was it was a match that could have been on Monday Night Raw like to me. It wasn't I'm not going to remember this match at all a month from now no it, it was a solid enough match like, i mean you like to come on raw uh, the interesting thing is is dom hasn't done a crap ton of matches lately and such but he is getting so much heat from just being him right um and i think cody brought him through a good match i, I think part of the reason that you were so uh underwhelmed in this match is because you had that uh head cannon your head going it's like all right is this one brock's coming out oh is this one brock's coming out oh is this one brock's coming out mm -hmm. so yeah like, it, it does take that away it was a fine match like like, like you said I, I, i'm not gonna be like remembering oh money in the bank 2023 that was that great match between right. cody and yeah it's not gonna happen that being said with that nuclear heat dom is facing uh seth Frickin' Rollins in the main event of Raw for the title tonight. Interesting. He's not going to win it. There's no, no way. I, I no. mean, um, I don't know if it's happened yet or not, but he's not winning it. Um, but you know what, though, Rhea Ripley looked fantastic just standing right. at ringside. <laughs> yeah, she does. I'm like, I'm just saying. I, um, I know that there's some people that are like, oh, she's she's better looking, like like without the makeup. I disagree. I think I think it she's unique enough and she's a very good looking woman. Um and I I could say that. Um but um yeah, the it, the match was the match was okay. Um nothing really to to talk about there cuz they didn't advance anything. It didn't look like that story's continuing. No, I don't um, think so. It just looked like basically something for you know, something for Cody to do while he waits for Brock, I guess. Um, yeah. So then, uh, anything else you want to say on that match? Uh, no, uh, I think you kind of nailed it. I mean, I am sad that we didn't get a women's match with Rhea because yeah. she was involved in this match. Uh, but I think it was fine. By the way, if you have not followed Rhea Ripley or at least follow um, the shenanigans of Rhea that she does house shows, on like TikTok, you're missing out. Some of the funniest things I've seen on TikTok is from Rhea Ripley messing with people, uh, fans, and other things on there. She there was one I just watched just about an hour ago. She was at a house show and she got knocked off to knocked off the apron and is laying on the ground uh, next to the uh, uh, barricade. And she goes and ties the guy's shoes and then goes off and tries to like it's a fan unties his shoes and then rolls away like she didn't do anything. Just like the randomness that <laughs> she does. And I think I told you the other night, there's one of uh, the uh, announcer whose name escapes me, Samantha something. Uh, Rhea was sitting there flirting with her and hitting on her, like right in front of like the camera and everything else, just to mess with her and stuff like that. It, it, like, Rhea Ripley's great. I love Rhea Ripley. 
Yeah, it was. Uh, no, Rhea completely gets her character too, mm-hmm. and everything, and so it's she's amazing. Um, yep. so so next we actually have a pretty big surprise, uh, because John Cena's music hits, yep. and uh, he came out to a monstrous ovation, like. It was not the usual 50-50, you know, booing and cheering that that you usually get with him. Yep. Uh, the f- I think part of it is that it's London, right? And they, oh, a big star, you know. Um, but the other part, I think, is he's been away so long that, you know, sometimes you don't know what you've got until it's gone. And I think that, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. And... And so when Cena came back, he actually commented. It was really funny. Uh, he was like, you know, you know, instead of uh, them singing to his theme song saying Cena suck, you know, John Cena suck. They were actually singing the actual words. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, my time is now, <laughs> you know, and he and John Cena, you know, very. It, it was very funny that he kind of brought that up. And yeah. Um, and then uh, the big thing with this was John Cena teased uh, the possibility of WrestleMania coming to London. And and I fully believe that that a lot of it wasn't really probably given. He probably just says what he wants when he goes out there. Oh, go out, say some words, and, and then we're going to have so-and-so interrupt you, and we'll lead to this, but just kind of ad-lib it or whatnot. And he probably yeah. was just playing with playing off of the crowd although now that he's mentioned it it's uh it probably makes it a lot more likely that they're going to get something like that well my guess for it um because i was re- are watching another thing about it and uh so cena kind of showed up to the show uh because he's filming in london right now mm. and uh my guess is he probably rolled up and asked age to go hey can I uh, do a thing? You know, yeah, everything we announced, like, you know, like numbers or something. And that's probably like when they're like, oh, well, yeah, there's this. You know, spin it as you want. You know, do that thing. That'd be my guess. I mean, there's also the possibility, like, when they were getting there, they were like, hey, I hear John's here. We're going to give him a call. One yeah, or two. Right. But Right. Um, after, uh, in the in the press conference after, they actually had, um, they mentioned, like, somebody asked Cody Rhodes, you know, about the John Cena mentioning, you know, WrestleMania possibly coming there and if there was any anything to it or whatnot. And Cody basically uh, was like, when, uh, when John pretty much says what he wants and when John went out there and he mentioned WrestleMania, Cody thought, maybe he knows something I don't know. Maybe he's going to announce it, that it's happening, you know, that WrestleMania is coming there. Instead of just kind of playing with it, so it's um, kind of funny. Uh, they had uh, is it is it Grayson Gray- Waller? Grayson Waller, who this was my first time seeing him because I don't watch the weeklies, and I think it's his first premium live event, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember seeing him on any other main show. No, uh, just NXT stuff. Okay. Uh, I don't think he's been on main stuff at all. Um, he's been, he's done very little on the main roster since he's been brought up. Uh, mostly just does the Grayson Waller effect, which is his talk show because right. everybody has a talk show. I thought 
I was actually very impressed with his mic work. Actually, um, he really riled up that crowd, and 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 when he when he uh, was talking about how he he thinks it would be awesome if WrestleMania went to Australia, which is where he's from, and he was like Aussie, 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 you know the crowd was booing him or i was like this is brilliant this guy's great like i i've i haven't seen him before but he's like the complete opposite of someone like austin theory like he's like he's got something i don't he's know. gotten a lot better <laughs> I, I watched him in nxt and uh i couldn't stand him i, st- I still could i can barely stand him now okay um, um, i don't know that was a good promo yeah, it's usually the promo stuff I see with him. Um, there's uh, I think one of the last things he did in NXT is because uh, Sean's running NXT, uh, Shawn Michaels. Uh, he uh, did a thing with Sean saying that Sean keeps screwing him over for booking him in bad matches and things like that, and wants to have uh, one more. He wants Sean to come out of retirement and have one more match against him at a pay per view. And Sean's like, as much as I'd like to kick your ass. Uh, instead, I'll have the returning Johnny Gargano, and they had a really good match, and that was like the last match he had on NXT. But he he's getting better. <laughs> I haven't seen him wrestle, so maybe he's the absolute. You know, maybe he's not very good, right? Um, but uh, I guess we'll see. But his promo work, excellent, I thought. Which do you think that? Do you think that? Uh, they would book WrestleMania in London just to spite AEW booking Wembley, you know, and selling sixty five thousand, you know, plus tickets. Like, I would wonder well, if they would like WrestleMania forty is already booked, right? So it would have to be like forty one, maybe forty two at yeah. the earliest. So it'd be that'd be definitely the long game. It's like, oh, remember when you when you sold sixty five thousand tickets three years ago? Well, we've got WrestleMania coming here. You know, I don't know. That's a little weird. So maybe it has maybe it has nothing to do with one or the other. I don't know. Um but uh the the next match was the women's money in the bank ladder match. Uh this was Bailey against uh Zelina Vega versus EO Sky versus Zoe Stark versus Trish Stratus versus Becky Lynch. And my goodness, if that's not an all all-star level, you know, number of women. And um, Selena Vega. I said Selena Vega. Yeah, you said an all-star cast of women and oh. Selena Vega. Hey, she was in a movie. She played AJ Lee. I'm saying you're not wrong. I now, guess. there's an all-star that just replaced, right? It's like, <laughs> so, she at least plays all-stars. Um, uh, no, Selena Vega's fine. Yeah. It, I don't mind her. Is, is she on par with the others in the ring? Maybe not, but uh, she could be. Um, you talk connection, by the way, with Zoe Stark. Yeah, it, um, which you know I mentioned to you, like she's she's probably the you know biggest success story to come out of Utah wrestling. Yep. Uh, sorry, Martin Casau. Sorry, Manny Lemon. Sorry, everybody else. Um, you know, until they're you know wrestling for you know the wwe on the main show on a pay-per-view and and multiple pay-per-views sorry and you know and being you know on monday night raw and and all this sorry that's to me like nothing has touched that um 
and uh it's okay if they're listening i still love you guys but uh you know i'm gonna leave it alone before i bury myself <laughs> and burn all my bridges um so this match though uh this match was excellent i thought it was uh it was hard hitting there were some spots in this that i was like i cannot believe the women are taking uh a lot of them from like zoe stark you know was was getting um uh i know that she like got uh slammed or suplexed onto a ladder at one point uh, i was a uh, sunset football yeah yeah onto the ladder which her head almost like went through the ladder because uh, yeah, it was bridged she bouncing again. away she bouncing away because it was bridge and then they dropped out when they hit and her oh. head kind of landed in a way where it kind of went between two of the uh steps and when they dropped down she kind of fell almost in a way where it, it looked scary <laughs> yeah so and for knowing the person it's even it's like twice as scary like you see some people's like oh that's scary like logan paul like we talked about earlier right. oh that was a scary bump for him i've met Teresa, so it's like yep. or zoe starks uh so i yes of course it's gonna be even twice as scary <laughs> yeah and yeah i've i've met her obviously too um yeah. i used to go to the same gym that she went to well, um, she's worked some devotion shows Yep, yep, she yep, and that too. Met her there as well. So I've uh yeah, it's it's awesome. I'm so happy for her um that that she's getting this opportunity. Um and she's delivering. Like she looks like she belongs there, which yeah. is awesome. She looks like she's one of the better women. Um this this match of crazy bumps all around. Um uh, I and there was good stories told throughout. Uh, I mean, all of these, all these women, you know, could stake a claim at winning the match, and and, and getting pushed. There, I mean, when you've got Trish Stratus and Bailey and Becky Lynch, I mean, those are top of the top. And then you've got your up and comers like Io Sky, Zelina Vega, Zoe Stark. Um, really good. Um, and I was actually surprised with the stuff that Trish was doing. I mean, you know, she's she's definitely not wrestling like a part timer, you know, woman. She's like, you know, basically full time, you know, doing these things, and and she's not holding back with her bumps. Uh, so she's doing awesome. Uh, Trish, by the way, for like Trish is my all time all time favorite women's wrestler. Like she's she's up there with everyone for me. Uh, so like. She's like my CM Punk, right? Like, I don't know. Like, so, um, if you say that if you say that Trish does nothing for you, then then I'm going to. Oh, I'd be lying a hundred percent. I love Trish. Um, also on Monday, she her and Zoe cut a uh, promo against Becky, and uh, she comes out with the uh, the dashing coding road coding roads style of mask on her face. Oh, nice! Uh, saying that she her face is broken, like Becky broke her face and stuff like that, so she's not medically cleared to go against her. So she went to Baltimore. She's working without working a match, like she's out there working story and stuff right. like that. And uh, it, it's it's gonna be good. Like she's she, at this point now, she's not even doing the stuff to like just work, like have a match or mm -hmm. do this. She's obviously doing this to build up uh, Zoe. Yeah, 
and Zoe's getting a big rub from being part of this oh, whole yeah. story. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, the so they had, um, they had a spot where uh, I'm trying to think. Um, who introduced the handcuffs in this match? Uh, that would be uh, Zoe Stark. She right, she took it out, right, and yep. she was like trying to handcuff um, Becky. Yep. And uh, there was a there was a spot um, where uh, Becky basically like takes the handcuffs and puts it in Bailey's mouth and is basically fish hooking her with the <laughs> with the hook of the the handcuffs, which looks very painful. Like that was, an, you know, that was well done. Um, and then, uh, the, it, it basically led to the most imaginative finish, the imaginative finish that they've had in a money in the bank. You jump in the gun slightly. Okay. Okay. Fill in so, the lights. EO and uh, Bailey are working together for the majority of this match. Cause they're, you know, part of damage control. And EO is about to gar- grab the title. She's up at the top, getting ready to grab the title. And you see someone's knocking the ladder over and making her fall the lap at the top rope. You find out mm. the person doing it is Bailey. So Bailey's trying to screw her out of getting the thing because she wants to win it, right? So jump to the end for the finish, which is where you're, Nick's going with this. Right. Uh, Bailey and Becky are, you know, fighting up and down the ladder, like constantly up and down, up and down the ladder. And they start fighting again. Uh, Becky's going up the ladder. Bailey's reaching through the ladder, like the second, third rung up, to hold Becky there and pulls on her arm. EO gets in between both of them through the ladder, like on the outside of the ladder, looking in between them, and then claps the other end of the uh, handcuff that's currently attached to Becky, the other half now attached to Bailey, through the ladder, like halfway. through or halfway up the ladder, so they can't even attempt to reach up, and then climbs over Bailey and EO and goes against the title and win Money in the Bank. It was amazing. It was so good. Um, yeah, that story, just how they set that up and everything, uh, excellent. Um, I really enjoyed this match a lot, and the finish, like, like definitely elevated it. Um, there was one thing though I didn't like, not necessarily with the match, but what happened after, uh, they, when they did the press conference later that night, uh, they had EO Sky come out, uh, you know, to, to talk, uh, with her briefcase and she comes out with Bailey and sure. Bailey is sitting next to her and basically like, like, like they're together. And nothing's happened. And uh, somebody asks the question, it was like, is there dissension between you guys now? Or what, how are you guys, you know, after after that finish? And they basically say, you know, that um, there's no dissension there and that and that uh, um, that the briefcase, it's a win for for all of um, all of damage control and that they're both. They're both winning because of it. My problem with it is that they just basically blew that whole story out of the water because if they're going to like, if it's just going to be a tease, 
save that for raw so people can tune in you know or something because why would you blow up that story and basically squash it like on a on a press conference it doesn't make sense to me um there was no reason for bailey to be out there maybe she was out there to like translate or whatnot you know in case in case the question wasn't understood or something or to a- answer but they could have had anybody do that or i don't know it was yeah i it, didn't like it i have no good answer for you on why that would end up being that way because story line wise and everything else it feels like that was like you know giving her the finger and saying i can right. do this on my own and then having her join her at the press conference just kind of buries that right so but who watches a press conference anyways jeez <laughs> I do. I really enjoy it, actually. Um, but uh, but yeah, the match itself, though, and the finish, if you just forget that that ever happened afterwards, um, or you never saw it, or you just don't listen to me when I tell you about it. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it was great, great match. Um, match of the night up to this point for me. Yeah, for me, for me too. Um, so then you've got uh the world heavyweight title Seth Rollins defending against Finn Balor and uh this one uh it's really interesting because i mean let's talk about the match first and then i've got some comments on it but uh so they're having a decent match um and they actually uh was there a buckle bomb in there? I believe there was, right? There was. Uh, in fact, there was two. So there was one that Finn gives to Seth, and then Seth does eventually give one to Finn as well. Yeah, and for those that don't remember, or those that do remember, uh, Seth Rollins and Finn Balor have wrestled on a big stage before, um, actually for to crown the very first Universal Champion. And uh, back at SummerSlam, I forget the year. Um, I think it was like oh seventeen, eighteen, somewhere like that. Some that sounds about right. Somewhere they, they said it was like six or seven years ago. Okay, so somewhere in there. Um, and Seth gave Finn Balor a, a buckle bomb on the barricade, right? And Finn gets injured, wins the universal title, has to forfeit it the very next night, and it really hurt the lineage for a little bit of of that title, um, because you know. It wasn't for, the first champion held it for a night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but that match was better than this one. I felt this match was okay for me. It was honestly, I don't feel it was better than the Cody and Dominic match. It was just kind of there. Um, they had Damian Priest uh, come out with his br- newly won briefcase and tease, you know, that he might cash it in. You know, on Seth, if Seth wins, or, you know, they kind of led people to believe that maybe he would cash it in on Finn if Finn won or whatnot. Uh, so, what's silly about this is that, so he's standing out there, Damian Priest is, and Finn is in control, and Finn gets distracted by Damian Priest out there with the briefcase, I guess, because, oh, if he wins, he might cash it in on him. Um, and, he ends up losing well, the match. There's more to that. So, 
when he goes out there, Damian Priest is sitting down, right? Right. And then when Finn goes up to go and get ready to do the coup de gras, like Damian gets up, like he's gonna like wait for him to do the coup de gras, mm-hmm. ca- throw him out, cash in, then take the, off the the thing. That's what it felt like to me is going on. Okay. And at least going up to this point, they have been having the uh, threat of of uh, Judgment Day breaking off, uh, or at least having Finn leaving. Mm-hmm. So it, it did add more to that story. Um, also on Monday uh, tonight, uh, they also had uh, Judgment Day there without Finn. Interesting. So, okay. I mean, to me, it was like I don't know. They they tried to explain it like on the on the press conference and everything. And Damian Priest was just like, you know, I was just out there, you know, to, you know to kind of add pressure or to, you know, to um, make make Seth think that he was going to cash in on him and, and just have that in the back of his mind or whatnot. And uh, Finn got distracted and he ended up losing the match. Had nothing to do with Damian Priest. That's what he said. Uh, but the way they set it up, it makes Finn look dumb. Like it, like even if he was going to cash in, win the title first at least, you know. I don't know. It's I didn't like it. I I didn't think it added to this match. I I didn't like the finish. I didn't. The match was just okay. To me, honestly, this is probably the worst match on the show for me. Um, it just does nothing for me, and I don't think it does anything for Finn. Uh, and I kind of. I kind of have been thinking that this world title, it's to me, it's still the consolation prize title because you've got <laughs> Roman. Like, so he's not even defending the belt on this show. Roman Reigns is not defending his undisputed universal title on this show, but yet he's still main eventing over Seth Rollins' world title. If there was ever a time. They could like put that below it and put the you know Seth defending and make it mean something. They could do that, but they have chose not to. And I get it because Roman and the Bloodline story—that's the draw, right? It's that's the strongest story in wrestling. Yeah, right maybe ever. Like maybe ever. Like the, they have told that story so perfectly um, that you can't have anything follow it. You you have to close with that. Uh, but at the same time, it does diminish the other world title. And, uh, but Seth did bring up a good point in the press conference. He, he talked about how every defense that he has, it adds equity to that world championship. And so as long as he keeps wrestling and taking on challengers and having matches, you know, and winning and defending it, it builds up the prestige of that title a little bit more and a little bit more. And that makes so much sense to me. Uh, cause it's, it's obviously not there yet, but if he keeps wrestling and he holds it for a while, it can mean something. Yeah. Um, but as the match was, it was just kind of there for me. What, what, what did you think of the match? Um, yeah, I kind of felt like it was just kind of there too. It was, 
so I I often determine my feelings on stuff like this, like matches and things, is if I pull my phone out, right? Um, which is always a good tool as an independent worker too. Is if your match is going to crap, like people don't want to watch your stuff. If if you look out at the audience and you see people on their phone, take it home. Right. Um. They should have saw you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so this is the not the first match on the card. The first match on the card was actually Gunther Riddle that I pull my phone out, huh. and it's just because it's not for me. Like, really, uh, there was there was no stakes for me. Like, I okay. knew Gunther was going to win, and outside of like looking to see what shade of red Riddle's chest was going to be by the end of the match, I really didn't care about this match. That match. Okay. And uh, sadly. Though on paper, Finn and Seth seems like a fantastic match, it's not one that feels like it's different enough to care about. Um, or like again, that was this, especially with the way that uh, Priest won uh, Money in the Bank. I really had very little doubt that there was anything to be happening that would make it worth it for me to watch. So again, my phone came out. That being said, these two are great, and I prefer this match over the Gunther Riddle match, but I, it's only because I think largely because of my bias for for Riddle. Because mm-hmm. uh, I love Finn, I love Seth; they're great workers, and they told a good story about you know paying back things from previous stuff with the buckle bombs and both constantly going for stomps, and then telling the story of uh, Seth's uh, rib injury, which he magically doesn't have tonight for Monday, even though he was like near death on Saturday uh, with it, but uh, it's the time difference. It heals, yeah. Uh, that's how it works. Um, they tell a great story with that, and, and I actually like the finish um, for it, the way they did it, because I, I think it does allow Finn to stay strong, because for all intents and purposes, Finn has that title one, right? He's going up for the coup de gras again to hit him on that right there, and he's ready to go. And it's because of uh, outside force, which he sees out of the corner of his eye from motion, that it happens. So I, I think it still keeps him strong because if it wasn't for Priest, he would have the win. But it, again, this was kind of a paint by numbers match, uh, kind of like the money in the bank match for the men's was for me. Um, so nothing to write home about. It wasn't bad, right? No, I I agree. It it, it wasn't bad. Um, just kind of there. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the now we're now we're up on the main event. Uh, so we've got the Usos versus Solo Sokoa and uh the. Undisputed Universal Champion Roman Reigns, it's which also once again has ties to Utah. It does solo. Yep, um, solo Sokoa, very first Devotion Championship Wrestling Heavyweight Champion. Yep, and now he's main eventing pay per views in London. Um, so uh, obviously, uh, this match had to go on last. Um, and it was actually. Um, it was a really good match. I, I do feel like it started off really slow for me. Like I know I was dozing off a little bit at the beginning. 
Um, <laughs> you were dozing off most of the night. <laughs> and so it's not completely their fault because I've just been super tired. I'm ready to doze <laughs> off right now, to be honest. But you'll fall out of your chair. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh-huh. But <laughs> it could happen. Uh-huh. But once this really started going and they told the story and they kept building on it, uh, my goodness, this was an excellent match and excellent storytelling. Yeah. Uh, some of my favorite moments was, you know, the the throwbacks to uh, to previous parts in this story, uh, you know, in this Civil War. Uh, you had... Um, you had Jay at one point kicking out, and I know I'm skipping around and, and skipping some things, but I, I believe it was was Jay that kicked out of um uh something by Roman. Uh, and and when he kicked out, he gave him a low blow. Yeah. And that was something a callback to what Roman Reigns had done um previously. Yep. And uh gosh, there were so many great things like like Roman about to go for the spear, but the Usos, you know, hit him with a double spear. Uh, obviously, double super kicks. Uh, this match, this match was really good um, storytelling and building and building and building. Um, the uh, there was a ref bump, um, and uh, when there's a ref bump. Usos seem to have it won. They hit the one D one D on Roman. Um and then uh they did um let's see here. They did this really cool spot where uh they had the Usos like stacked like how Roman Reigns had pinned uh Daniel Bryan and Edge at WrestleMania a few years ago. And he goes for the pin. And they both kick out. The crowd erupted. You know, the crowd was so into this, and oh, the, yeah. and all the near falls and the false finishes. Um, it was it was really excellent. Um, before we get to the finish, is there is there any other spots that really stood out to you before besides the finish? So one other one that uh, I wanted to mention is Roman puts uh, Jimmy in a guillotine choke yes. one point. And Roman has beaten many people with the guillotine, right? Uh, and in fact, when they were first, when Roman was first starting his title run, uh, and Jimmy was his uh, main opponent, right? They had that three series that they had. And Jay was out, or I'm sorry, Jay was the one they had three series, but Jimmy was out. Jimmy comes in to uh, help him in a, uh, I think it was I Quit match. Uh, yeah. And uh, he puts Jimmy in the guillotine and is choking him out until Jay says, I quit to save his brother. And Jimmy is once again in this guillotine and he eventually gets out of it. But it is an amazing, like, like you mentioned, there are so many callbacks to this. The the nut shot that he had used to beat Jay uh, in one of the title offenses. Uh, just it, even the double stack. He so much so that Roman even called out the double stack on Twitter. He posted it uh, on his Twitter the the day of the show, 
saying that this is what he's going to do to them is put them in the double stack like he did with uh, Daniel Bryan and Edge mm-hmm. and pin them both. And then does it and they kick out. Such great storytelling, such great work by everybody involved in this. So. Yeah. Um, and Nick was falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. I told you. Um, I didn't fall over in my chair. That's, that's true. Uh, no, this was a really good match, though, and they told so many great stories in this. Uh, the Usos ultimately, they hit the um, the splash off the top, uh, which kind of reminded me of of the head shrinkers, you know, their um, which one of the head drinkers was uh, Rikishi, um, who ended up, uh, you know, or who was uh, their dad, right? <laughs> who ended up having three kids, and yeah. all three of them were in this match. Actually, he's got like seven kids, but is is Solo and the Usos are they brothers? Yes, oh, a difference of like eight years, but yes, okay, okay. I I probably knew that, um, but I had forgotten. Yeah. Um, I forget a lot of things these days. Um, but uh, great match. They they hit the splash and they end up pinning Roman Reigns. Uh, More importantly, Jay ends up pinning yeah. Roman Reigns, and it's the first pinfall loss for Roman Reigns in years. Nearly three years. Yeah, nearly three years. Which is which is crazy um but because you know roman has lost before like they lost the tag match at the at the previous um premium live event uh against uh sammy Zayn and kevin owens but roman wasn't pinned then this time the usos pinned him and you know how you're you talked about how like trish is elevating zoe stark well roman reigns and this bloodline story is elevating the usos is elevating solo it elevated kevin owens and Sami Zayn. it's elevating all of these characters around them um and the usos think about this they've made evented a wrestlemania because of this storyline and now they've made evented money in the bank and they get a win here oh just huge huge and now i we're probably gearing up for roman reigns versus jay uso again at SummerSlam is what I'm hearing. Um, which think about that. That main eventing SummerSlam as a solo, that's that's incredible um for for the Usos. So I had mentioned this two years ago when we did our very first episode on who who's gonna beat Roman, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I mentioned it again on the last one we did, but more of a dream thing is I think that Jay should be the one to beat him because it bookends him. Jay was the very first opponent. He had a very first storyline uh, opponent that he had going into all of this, right? And he didn't make sense to beat him at the time. He was not a main event guy, right? He was not the guy to be running the, like, running the company. Like He's not the guy to put the company on your shoulders. What is he now? Through three years of all of this bloodline story and everything going on with all of this, has Jay become the guy? And 
I don't say I, I can't say yes, a hundred percent. I can't say he's a hundred percent going to be like the next Roman to be able to hold it that long or do anything like that. But is he in the conversation now? Yes, definitely wasn't three years ago. But this storyline is giving you a bit. Three years ago, I did not see him as even a singles guy, right? I didn't see him as a credible singles guy. And so when he faced Roman three years ago, it just seemed like such a mismatch that it was, it wasn't interesting to me. This story, though, has elevated him to a place where do I think he's going to beat Roman? No, I do not. Not here. Not, not now. The timing's not right. Um, maybe if they had, you know, maybe if they had brought this, kept this going and, and Jay ended up winning the Royal Rumble or something and getting the rest of my, I could be like, oh, wow, they're, this could be it, right? And that would be beautiful. But wrestling him at SummerSlam, I just, I don't think Roman loses until it's a WrestleMania. Um, so if he ends up lo- winning a match at WrestleMania and not losing, well, you're waiting another year to see him lose. Uh, that I could be wrong. Could be wrong. But I just think this this title is built up so big now that it can only end at WrestleMania. And uh, Jay has been elevated by this. I see him losing, and then maybe he also can get a singles title somewhere. Maybe the Intercontinental title, maybe something else. I could see him, you know, at least being incredible for a secondary title or even going against Seth for the, you know, for the world heavyweight title. I could definitely see that. And maybe he wins that title, but beating Roman. mm, I don't think so. I think it makes a beautiful bookend and it, I don't, I don't know if he's the guy, especially with the other options. Mm-hmm. So that's all the other thing too is the options. Who were the, the options three years ago, right? Uh, even a year ago, who were the options, right? To to beat Roman, but could he do it? Like, could he do it and make a story that makes it worth doing and make everybody happy? Hundred percent. Is it the right story? Is it the right way to do it? I don't know. I think. I think the right thing to do is to continue to build towards it and maybe have him lose again. But, you know, he he has it won, but Roman finds out a way to win again. And it builds to a WrestleMania. But at this point, Roman's completely on his own, right? He doesn't have the Usos. He'll eventually lose solo for the right, similar reason. Right. And so when he finally has to face his opponent at WrestleMania, which will probably end up being Cody again, um, that's when he loses, when he's finally on his own. Yeah, I think... Gosh. I... You know, this. the beauty about this Bloodline story is that it's got more legs than, than I ever thought it ha- was going to have. Because yeah. when every time you think, oh, this is the culmination, this is what it's leading to, like like Cody at WrestleMania, you think, oh, this is going to be it, right? And then Roman wins, and you think, oh, that was a mistake or whatnot. But then they build so beautifully to the next phase of the story. And 
same thing with Sami Zayn. You think, oh, Sami Zayn should have won the title, but that blended so beautifully, them winning the tag title. So that's, you know, and then Roman moving on and, and telling that story. Uh, yeah. It's, I don't know where the end is. And I, I'm super excited because of that. Because you don't know where it's going. You don't know what it's going to end up. We could say, oh, it's probably going to be Cody winning in the rematch. But can I say with 100% certainty at this point? No. no. I I don't even know. There's so much that could happen to derail that WrestleMania rematch um, that, I mean, Cody could get injured again. Or, or, you know, maybe the fans turn against Cody. Or... You know, there's so or there's somebody new that that gets hot that they feel like they need to pull the trigger on. Uh, LA Knight. Uh, not likely. <laughs> not likely. Um, but there's so many layers to this story that I just I'm loving it, and I I it makes me become a fan again. You know, where I could just sit back and watch where where it goes and. And enjoy yeah. the ride. Yeah, I'm right there with you on that. And I'm intrigued. So on SmackDown on Friday, that's coming SmackDown, they're doing what they're calling the trial of the tribal chief, kind of like they did with the trial of Sami Zayn. Mm-hmm. And so they're doing something involving the loss of, or his loss here, right? So I'm intrigued to see how this is going. Because the beauty of this is he was so untouchable for the three years where he didn't lose any variety, right? Um, he didn't take a pin of any time. That it became its own miso of pinning Roman in general, whether it's for the title or not. So now they have this great ability, even though he's still the champion, he's got to deal with a loss, but still it's the champion. And so they're doing this trial of the tribal chief to 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 tie into that story and see where that goes. This may be, an, as you mentioned, a new leg and a new feature of this because the culmination from the Bloodline story of uh, Jimmy and then Jay kicking Roman and doing all that stuff, and that, which tied in from them losing at WrestleMania, all culminated here to them as a pair beating Roman and getting out from under the Bloodline. And now the next phase of this storyline happens. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. I know at some point they're going to build up to Solo against against Roman and that'll elevate Solo. Uh you you probably I mean, at some point down the road, you've got maybe a Seth Rollins story in there because Seth, you know, Seth never lost to to Roman during this reign. They had a match and Seth won by disqualification. So, uh, there's so many, so many different layers here. Uh, at this point, they could still do the rock match against Roman and do that whole, I mean, there's so much they could do, um, that I think at this point, like we used to think, oh, there's no way it's making it to the next WrestleMania or there's Uh no way it's making it to here. Can you honestly say with absolute certainty that it that Roman's not making it for like another two WrestleManias without losing? I can't. I I think they are playing the long game with his title reign, and he's going to shatter all the records. 
I don't know about all the records. There's some that it's like six years. It's like, oh. I, I was going to say, I don't see him taking out Bruno, but, or Bruno, but right. I, I see him like He'd a be close Hogan. second. <laughs> yeah, he'll be Hogan. You know, Hogan was, was uh, like three and a half years. Yeah, I um, think he only needs another. Four, actually. So, I think he only needs another year, though, to be yeah, Hogan. Yeah, so is that possible? They're knocking at the door. They're knocking at the door. I, I wouldn't put it past them to to get that record. So. All right. Well, what a pay-per-view this was. Like I mentioned before, I think for me, this is probably one of the best pay-per-views I have seen them do in a long, long time. I'm super excited to see how this goes uh, with all the storylines building from this and as everything's going as well. Uh, but speaking of storylines, we have some great shows coming up ourselves here for Devotion Championship Wrestling. So this Saturday, July 8th, we will be right here in Salt Lake City at Light Tree Studios for the Great American Day. And I'm excited for that match, because, or excuse me, for that show, because your boy uh, is holding currently a version of a Money in the Bank case, what we call it Case Chaos. And that gives me an opportunity at the Utah State Television title whenever I choose. And happily, the person currently holding that belt, I have beaten senseless many times. So come out to that show July 8th and see what happens. Following that show, we will also be having on July 15th, following weekend, we'll be out in Ogden for Tussle Time out at Kamikaze's. And then August 11th, we will be at the Wild Wild West Festival in Salt Lake City. And on August 19th, we'll be right back at Light Tree Studios for our next live taping. So come out to any of those shows. It'll be a great time. To find out times and everything for those shows or to get your tickets, go to Motion Championship Wrestling on Facebook or DCW Salt Lake City on Twitter. Guys, I want to hear what you guys have to think, though, about what you thought of this show. This show, for me, I thought, like I said, was a really great show. Probably one of the best that they've had in a long time. So please reach out to us on our social medias, which will be Be Hero Media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or you can always go to BeHeroMedia.com to find out everything about us that way. Uh, also, you can go ahead and put in a review right here on Be Hero Presents through Spotify. Uh, while you're there, throw a like and give us a share. And then lastly, you can also reach out to us individually. You can reach out to me at Mike Burke DCW on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Or on Twitter at Mike Burke Pro. You can also reach out to Psycho on Facebook at Psycho Wrestling. <sighs> all Perfect. that palaver. I got it all good. No, thing. <laughs> all right, so anything else I'm forgetting about? Uh, no, I think uh, you just about covered it, and then uh, you might as well plug next week's show again. That's right. So next week, we are going to do our State of the Wrestling World uh, address, I guess. <laughs> uh, so what we'll do is every six months or so, uh, probably around the beginning of July and then the beginning of January, we'll go ahead and hit you up with where our thoughts are about the world of wrestling at that time and our predictions for the following next six months. So we will be doing that as the next episode. So please, if you're not currently subscribed so you can hear that episode on whatever uh, podcast platform you got and 
until next time, guys, this has been Be Here Presents. And for me and Psycho, this is us tapping out. Have a good night, guys. Thank you.